Welcome to the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast, where we learn how to survive horror movies and maybe how to survive life. I'm your host, Ryan Stacy, And today, I think we have something a little special. Um, you know, last week, we were going to do a Chef's Choice with uh, both Derek and Josh, and Derek had to bail at the last minute. Um, so we ended up scrapping our original plan, and we did Zombies versus Strippers instead. Today, I really wanted to get back to the movie that we were originally supposed to do, which is 2017's Raw. Monsieur Sakotwa, tu trouveras une solution, ma puce. Now, I know Wikipedia is going to say uh, 2016, but it just showed at like one film festival in 2016, uh, Con, I think. It got a wide release in 2017, so that's why I say it's 2017, so blah, 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 don't at me. Uh, Raw uh, is, I, I want to read what this is on Wikipedia before I introduce our, our guests, uh, just to give you an idea of what this movie is. According to Wikipedia, this is a coming-of-age body horror drama. I'm joined by our Raw correspondents, against their will, Derek Kubitschek and Josh Wessler. Guys, how you doing? Your introduction should have been, and maybe, How to Survive Rush Week. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I, You know, Ryan, this is in a small category of movies, alongside Midsummer, of movies that I rate higher than a, a six, but I do not like them. I will never watch this movie again. Why not? I just won't. And uh, I know I watched something good. I know it was art, but I did not like it. And and, and you know what, Ryan? I, I want to press you on the spot here. In the middle of the movie, I asked you genuinely, uh, on a scale of 1 to 10, how accessible is this movie? And you said, I mean, you know, you can get to it. It's it's not that hard to watch it. You just have to start the movie. Yeah, there's a couple of things that I think are, like, a little abstract. But, I, you know, I would call this intermediate horror not beginner or entry-level horror not expert horror either though what's an expert horror movie bruh <laughs> throw throw an example oh jesus um that we would some actually of the know phantasm i would say the phantasm series could be considered expert horror probably something like beyond the black rainbow which i haven't seen but i would imagine mandy is is probably pretty close to expert or at least the first half of mandy that one could be intermediate that one's kind of borderline yeah, I would say expert horror is the really art house shit where you're like, what the fuck is happening? Uh, like the Green Knight, I think, is uh, something similar except with horror. Uh, Green Knight is not a horror movie. But yeah, really art house really indie, uh, really takes a lot. Like, it takes work to figure out what is going on with that movie. And intermediate horror, I don't think is, is that bad. I think it's just like, you watch it the first time, you're like, wait, what the fuck? And then it, it you know, definitely... The second time you watch, you're like, okay, I get this movie. Or a little bit of reading will be like, okay, I get this movie. I get what it's trying to say. And I think this one's mostly accessible with a few things. You're like, just, what? So that's my thoughts. I feel like the the word accessible is... Ryan's definition is probably more accurate than my definition. But Josh, what did you think? Oh, man. Yeah, I didn't really like this movie. Uh, so maybe I'm just a basic bitch and need to stay in the beginner level. I need to stay well, in the shallow you're, end. You're, you're a basic bitch, <laughs> Mr. Divergent fan. I, okay. I, I would not say I'm a Divergent fan. I just, you know, have it rated higher I mean, than you guys. Josh, some people just prefer to have the bumpers up while they're bowling, right? Yeah. I, I mean, I'm kind of there right now, too. <laughs> like, if, if horror movies are bowling, I think I maybe want the bumpers at least for a little while longer. <laughs> and, you know, if I ever get to the stage where, you know, I, I'm looking to put the bumpers down, 
just put me out of my misery because <laughs> why would i enjoy that then? uh yeah i don't know i feel like i share a similar perspective as derek here where i could tell it was a good movie but i didn't like it however i'm not a coward uh like derek so i will gladly rate this lowly and not artificially inflated just because i know that in theory it's a good movie I think it is perfectly mature of me to be able mm. to say this movie is good, but know myself well enough to say I don't like it. I, I, I think there's a certain level of maturity there. Separate the two. Uh, you, you need to uh, allow that sense of self that you have, Josh. It needs to be killed. You, you, there is no you. There is no self. Uh, so how you feel about the movie doesn't matter. Just is it a good movie? I, I think it is, but I didn't like it. And my rating scale is much more whether or not I liked a movie. I, I'm, I'm on Josh's side in terms of how you rate movies. I do agree with Josh. I disagree with your rating, but I, I, I that's I kind of rate movies the same, it's a similar way to you do. I'd be I'd be interested for some of the more active audience to participate. Reach out to Ryan. Is it okay to know that you're watching a good movie but not to like it? Yeah, so that's a, that is the question. So so reach out. Uh, so Derek, you gave this an eight out of ten. I did. Josh, you give this a 4 out of 10? Uh, yes, the uh, I gave it a 4 out of 10, which is, uh, ironically, the same score as what Derek gave Lady and the Tramp 2. Wow. Deep cut. <laughs> Someone was reading Derek's letterbox earlier. <laughs> I was. <laughs> Lady and the Tramp 2 is nothing but a missed opportunity. Derek, which movie's better, Lady and the Tramp 2 or Raw? Brand new sentence right there. <laughs> <laughs> that is 100. Nobody has ever said that. Raw's a better movie. It's, yeah. it's, it's not close. Which one would you rather watch again? Lady and the Tramp 2. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so raw. Um, this is a movie I talked about to you guys for a long time. I saw this back in theaters, uh, 2017 when I was living in LA, like my first month in LA. This is one of the first movies I saw when I was living out there. I remember the day of Kendall sends me our good friend, Kendall. He's been on the podcast. He covered scream six. He sends me a trailer to this movie and Jacob Colness and I, or Jacob's also been on the podcast. We watched the trailer. And we're like, well, we have to see this. And Kendall's specifically like, Ryan, this is, this is right up your alley. I'm like I'm on it. Went and saw it that day. Yeah, I, I love this movie. This is one of those rare movies that I feel was made specifically for me. I love this movie. I, I, I rank every movie I ever see by year from my favorite to least favorite, and this is my favorite movie from 2017. Number one, 10 out of 10, near perfect. I fucking love this movie, and I cannot recommend it to people enough, even though I fully expect most people won't like it. Josh, I'm not offended really by your 4 out of 10. Like, it's kind of what I expected you to give it. I was hoping for a little bit higher, like... Like, give it, a, like, a respect points. Um, <laughs> Derek, I appreciate your 8 out of 10. That was higher than I was expecting. The respect points. I'm giving it respect yeah, points. I appreciate it. Yeah, I, I didn't really know what you guys were going to think about this movie. I was really excited for you guys to watch it because I, I felt like it kind of pushed you guys into the deep end of the pool when you weren't expecting it, and I'm, I think it was funny. I mean, I knew that I was getting into the deep end of the pool I didn't know whether or not I could swim. Just to stick with the analogy, it's like you splash around in the shallows for a while and, you know, maybe you float, you tread water a little bit, you know, you lift your legs up out of the bottom, but the bottom is always there, right? There there was nothing. There, you, you, re you reach your feet down and it, there's nothing. Nope. Uh, and, and there would be nothing for the entire runtime of this movie. There, nope. there was no floor to, to rest your feet on. In general, I like the concept of this movie and just the idea behind it. I just don't like how it was executed. That's, those are the things that I didn't like. I didn't really like the characters. I didn't like, I did Derek, Derek seemed more annoyed than I was, but some of the, uh, just production decisions, I guess, when it comes to length of certain shots, mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but but the last 20 minutes, a half hour, 
really redeemed the movie for me. This thing was closer to a two or a three, I think, on my scale until, you know, closer to the ending where it's just like, okay, like, I'm, I'm starting to enjoy this a little bit more. You sink your teeth into it? Mm-hmm. Is the finger looking good? Yeah, this movie likely will get in the top five of every movie we've covered on the podcast. Like, I, I got to think about it for sure. It's it's somewhere between Cabin in the Woods and Texas Chainsaw Massacre is right around that level. And Ryan, I want you to uh, take this. So, wait the beginning of your podcast. You had me watch Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2. I feel like that movie would f- be less jarring for me now because it's the same issue with like chop top in that movie i mean that this movie was all about chop tops origin story basically like that that's what this movie is it's the sawyer family down and dirty like this is their origin story they are they're the descendants of this veterinary family or vice versa i'm not sure so if i watched that movie again i would probably dislike it less that's fair texture and 2 is jarring the first time you watch it i will i'll give you that much this movie fucking rules and uh, I, I want everyone to watch this one before you listen to the podcast. You probably won't like it very much, but if you can watch this one, please check it out. It's a wild fucking ride. I mean, what, we're 12 minutes in on a non-review podcast yep. <laughs> or whatever? I don't know how long it's been, but... This is one of my all-time favorite movies. Like, this is in, like, the top tier. It's up there. I love this movie. So please check this one out uh, if you can. If you can stomach it, you might not be able to. Now... Shout out to my dad. Uh, he's not seen this movie. Dad, if you want to watch this movie, you probably won't like it. Do not watch this one with mom. Not all the animals make it. <laughs> I'll tell you that much. If if you're sensitive to animal stuff, uh, spoiler alert, the dog dies. <laughs> the dog dies. Not it's, on screen, though. Not on screen. It doesn't happen on screen. The dog dies. Uh, so if you're sensitive to that, don't watch it. My mom should not watch this movie ever. But this movie rules, and I highly recommend it otherwise. Josh, I think liking this movie that much is maybe a little bit of rule number one for us. <laughs> yeah, we might be in a horror we movie. We might be in a horror movie. Yeah, I, I do have a love for cannibal movies. I don't know why. I just really enjoy hmm. them because they're usually pretty messed up, and it's, I think they're funny. It's body horror. It's body horror. Body horror is probably my favorite subgenre of horror. I, what, I, what is the definition of body horror? You stuff keep happening that. to your body, and it horrific things happen to the self. Uh, okay, so like, would Saw be a body horror? Hmm. Elements of body horror. Yeah, a little bit. Because, like, the, at the core of it, like, the things that I love about Saw uh, is more, like, the mystery and thriller yep. aspect of it. But, you know, gore is extreme Yep, for the, for the Saw yeah, franchise. Yeah, I think it's a torture porn movie, number one. You know, the, the body horror doesn't always have to be painful. Mm-hmm. It, it's something hap- weird happening to the self. Tusk is an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our favorite movies. Uh, that is a body horror film. Well, and I was going to give maybe another example, like The Fly with Jeff Goldblum. The Fly is probably one of the more famous ones. So, you know, it's a smaller subgenre, but yeah, just like weird things happening. Mm. It's basically, what I find interesting about it is, the frequently the your, the self, the main character is transforming in some way, or something is changing with them, and uh, it's their reactions to it. That's the most interesting elements for me. I was going to say slower, more drawn out, intentional. Yeah. Like the point of the movie is the body horror. Yeah. So yeah, that that that's probably my favorite subgenre of horror. I think it's the most interesting. This one's definitely a minor version of that. Um, there isn't as much of that happening here. It's definitely more of a coming of age story. I think it's about a girl who goes off to college and things happen. 
It's just like extremely goofy movie. Yes. <laughs> I always thought that uh, college was going to be Java Bars, the X Games, and a light touch of cannibalism. Uh, and don't forget uh, snapping at a poetry reading. Oh, yeah, yeah. Beat poetry. Beat, beat poetry, Java Bars, X Games. Yep. And hazing. <laughs> and, and hazing and cannibalism. Yeah. Yep. Those are the, 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 big, the big ones. The big five, yeah. Um, well, I think we've uh, drawn this out enough. We have primed the pump. Uh, gilding the lily. We have more gilding. gilding. Uh, without any further ado, and no more gilding the lily. Yeah. Uh, let's get in. You guys ready to get up to raw? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Raw dog. This one. Oh boy. <laughs> uh, spoiler alert for raw. Uh, the point of this podcast is we we're trying to create a master list of rules to survive any and all horror movies, no matter how artsy fartsy they are. Um, so we're gonna be going through the plot of raw, beat by beat, decision by decision, even though. There isn't a, as much of that as usual here, I think. <laughs> no matter uh, how hungry they make you. Yeah, yep. Mm. Uh, so, spoiler alert for Rob. Please watch this one. It's phenomenal. You'll probably hate it, but I love it. All right, let's jump into the plot of Raw. So, the movie begins with a very uh, couple of long shots of just a uh, deserted road in the French countryside. And now you know what you're in for. And, yep, uh, we're going to have a few long takes, but a car is driving down the road. A figure jumps out from the bushes, causing the car to crash. The figure gets up and walks over to the car. By the way, an irrational fear of mine my entire life is someone will jump out in front of my car, I will hit them, kill them, and no one will believe that they did it, and it'll be my fault. Uh, cut to main titles, but yes, uh, you know, they say you're generally supposed to, like, not swerve, because that can cause a worse accident, and you're supposed to hit what comes out. Yeah, it's different when it's a person, it's tougher to do. Uh, but that said, when it's that close and it, it ends up being this was intentional, yeah, you, you just hit this person with the car. In other parts of the world, this happens fairly frequently for insurance scams. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, maybe it doesn't happen in France, but probably don't swerve. Yeah, don't panic. Like, if if you can successfully swerve safely, I guess do it. But, yeah, rule 10 for these people. and Yeah, I, breaks. And if you hit them, you hit them. Yep, it's their yep. fault. And uh, if you are going to kill anyone, doing it with your vehicle is the, the easiest way to get away with murder. True. Yep. Um, like, yeah. legally, that is legally, a thing. Legally, vehicular manslaughter is, like, the easiest charge to get away with if you're going to uh, kill someone. Uh, not that we're recommending that. Yeah. <laughs> uh. But to ease your uh, worries about not panicking and just slamming on your brakes, and if you hit me, hit him. <laughs> but, you know, Rule 37, keep your eyes on the road. Uh, rule 39, use your car as a weapon. <laughs> well, and also for the person who throws themselves in front of the car, don't do this. Yeah, uh, this Play is stupid rule games. <laughs> win stupid prizes. Uh, now, she's eventually going to win a stupid prize. Yep. But it's not from this. It's not from this. So this is our, our, our quote unquote killer of the movie. This is Alex. Uh, we're going to meet her properly later. And, and part of the movie is like, who who is doing this? It's, it's a little bit of a mystery uh, for like half the movie. Who is the one who crashed that car? And it's it's Alex, but we'll we'll meet her later. The movie proper begins. We meet Justine. Justine is she's going off to college for the first time. She's going to veterinarian school. Her parents went there. Her parents were really successful alumni and well known alumni from this school. She's going here. Her sister Alex also goes here, uh, upperclassmen. But Justine is going in as a freshman, a rookie, rookie, rookies, as they're referred to. They stop on the road on their way to uh, college, and they stop at a restaurant, and we, you know, uh, Justine gets some mashed potatoes and finds a meatball inside after she accidentally eats it. Uh, turns out the whole family is vegetarian, and there's a very good reason for this, <laughs> and very strictly. Yep, very strictly. Mom is very overbearing. She's not in much of the movie, but she's a lot. Which which is annoying when the movie first starts. 
I understand now, though. Yep. <laughs> um, yeah, the, kind of the point of this movie is it's it's a little bit of a metaphor for like, hey, if you're overbearing, strict parents, don't let your kids do anything. They're going to get to college and go overboard. It just so happens that um, this time around it's cannibalism and not just drugs and alcohol. But what's crazy, there are people out there who would watch this and think that what's happening is only as evil as doing drugs and drinking alcohol. Uh, so for those people out there, I mean, I think cannibalism is worse than doing drugs and alcohol. But, you know, for some people, a sin is a sin. So. Mm, hot take. Yeah, we met a couple of those people in college. Yes, we did. Uh, cannibalism is is equal to shoplifting. Yes. <laughs> yeah, candy bars. And candy bars. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, boy. So they're going to drop Justine off at college. And yeah, so Justine, she's she's young, she's fresh out in the world, and basically the main point of this movie is Justine kind of figuring out who she is. What she figures out isn't great, but that that is the crux of this movie. And she's the star pupil, like yeah, top she, of the, top of the class. She comes in with a lot of expectations, a big reputation. Does she live up to those? No. Well, and and Ryan, I want to ask you about a rule nine here for the parents, knowing that. This was something that was out there, especially with the severity uh, of, of the mother. Yep. Should they have maybe told their kids about this? Would would Rule 9 apply All right. here? So let's spoil this movie. Yes. We already please. gave a spoiler alert. Yes, We're fine. Please. So here's the plot. Turns out mom is a cannibal. She loves eating human flesh. And it turns out this is a trait she passed on to both of her daughters. That's uh, Alex is a cannibal. She's killing and eating people. And Justine is going to... Dis- discover a taste for human flesh that is the plot of this movie so be careful what you say and how you say it as far as they know alex and justine have shown no tendencies towards eating people uh there there's nothing to suggest that they're doing that i can understand why they wouldn't say anything because if they're not cannibals and who expects that to be a genetic thing that's passed down i don't know maybe mom's just a weirdo (laughs) maybe mom's just a weirdo yeah i probably wouldn't say anything either just in case like they're totally fine and if they never eat meat we'll never find out yeah it's a, a thing where if you discover your kids have proclivities towards cannibalism you might need to have a talk <laughs> the the talk the talk <laughs> but yeah so that is that is the what we learned over the course of this movie is all of the the women in this family are cannibals it just it, it feels weird you know because it, it goes back to the metaphor with like alcohol if you don't kind of ex- sit down and explain it to them beforehand they're gonna go overboard true not allowing your child to eat meat is in this in a similar vein especially for her if it is more serious so it i don't know it feels like Mom and dad are partially to blame, and uh, the dad will even cop to this. So maybe what they should have done is give their children some meat. Yes. And just see what happens. And and Therapy, an early intervention, and just see if something. A nice, well-done steak. (laughs) Yep. Uh, And just just see if it messes them up, and then you could take action from there. And, And so instead of trying to completely cut it out like they do. So yeah, there's there's probably something there. There's probably something. I just wanted to bring it up. So, Justine gets to college. She goes to bed. Roommate hasn't shown up yet. Uh, all of a sudden there's a chaos and commotion during the night out in the hallway, and a guy bursts into her room. Uh turns out it's her roommate, a guy named Adrian, uh who is gay, and she's like, "Why would you why are you my roommate? I asked for a girl." He's like, well, I'm gay. I guess I think it's the same thing. And that's not the word he uses. No. It's like, <laughs> Jesus. Is this our introduction to this character? Ah, the French. Ah, the French. So, yeah, there's a whole bunch of chaos in the hallway. A, a group of seniors or upperclassmen burst into the room. And this is part of the hazing initiation ritual that all the freshmen have to go through. Uh, basically, all the, the upperclassmen go into all the freshmen's rooms, toss everything, and throw the mattresses out the window. Dude, fuck this. 
Yeah, I'm not opposed to a little light hazing every now and again, but <laughs> man, fuck these guys. I'd be so pissed. Yeah, they, no, uh, like, that's, we, we all went to college together. If this was hazing at MSUM, fuck that, I would have punched somebody. Zero <laughs> percent chance I go along with this. I don't care about your goddamn traditions. Hazing, hazing would, uh, a light hazing would be something like, I don't know, uh, carrying a couple of broomsticks through the middle of campus going, woo loo 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> or or having to wear like the uh, like an Animal House little hat with the propeller on its head or whatever kind of thing. All the freshmen have to wear that for a week. Okay, that's one thing. This is fucking bullshit. <laughs> no way. I, I I don't go along with this. I I have a general disdain for tradition in general. Any sort of tradition. I think you guys know this about me that mm-hmm. I, I if I hear like oh it's tradition, I'm like okay, I don't want to do this. Almost to an irrational level. Like, you can you can talk me back into it later on by explaining it and like, okay. But if I hear, like, first thing I hear with the word traditional, I'm like, nope, fuck that. It's like contrarian proclivity. Like, yeah. my natural inc- inclination is to not do that. Now you have to talk me into it. Yeah, like, like exactly. It might have been on neutral ground before, but now you're starting in the negative. Like, work me back to this. And we're starting with you tossing my mattress out the window. Nope, that's not happening. <laughs> we're fighting. Fuck these guys. I mean... Fuck- Call me a 30-year-old, but don't mess with my sleep, exactly. please. My sleep gets messed with enough. I I don't have time for this. Somebody is getting their ass kicked. Probably me, because it's like 8 to 1. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're going to have no friends for the rest of the time you're in college. But if this is the hazing, I'm not going to this college. Yeah, fuck this. I'm dropping out. This is insane. All, all of this should be outlawed by like the president. Like, fuck this. <laughs> this makes me angry. <laughs> but they are hauled into the hallways, along with all the other rookies, in their skivvies. And basically, they have to crawl through the basement of this building on their hands and knees like animals, the veterinary school, to get to a massive rave that the whole campus is at. And then you can party. Jesus Christ. Is it worth it? I just want to go to bed. The party looks fun. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, sure, I'm sure the rave was, uh, was jolly and merry and uh, fueled by MDMA and, you know, like all the good stuff, whatever. Great. But... You know, maybe as a freshman in college, it'd be fun. But I want my bed when I go back to my room, please. Yeah, you didn't need to throw the matches out the windows. They're all on a pile on the ground. You could have asked nicely. <laughs> so this is where we meet Alex proper. And Alex is Justine's older sister, you know, med student, upperclassman. She's part of all the hazing. Um, and she has a dog uh, at school named uh, Quickie. Quickly? Quickie? Quickie, I think. But yeah, their older sister, there's a little bit of like sibling hostility there. But they mostly get along until they don't. I think it's, honestly, it's a well-depicted sibling relationship mm-hmm. outside of the cannibalism. Yeah. Like, sometimes, you know, I, I adore you, but sometimes, like, stop. Well, especially around this age range when you're talking about, you know, freshman and junior-ish level. Like, you're you're just out of high school, so, like, you're not a complete, like, brat to each other, but you're still in that phase where it's like, eh, I'm still going to look at you kind of differently just because I'm a couple years older than you. <laughs> I'm, I'm not a brat in general, but I will be a brat to you. <laughs> Yeah, and, and it could be partly a thing that, like, hey, you know, J- Alex has been here. She's got her own life, and now her younger siblings have come in and, and uh, cramp her style. You know, I, I didn't really want my sibling, uh, my sister, to come to college were it with me at the time. Uh, I'm just like, let's just, you know, separate, and we'll we'll do our own things and, and grow and learn as people. I, I wouldn't be a big fan of that. Uh, I would imagine it's something similar here. Uh, even though my sister and I get along great now at the time, I was just like, I don't want her to go to college with me. <laughs> Like, let me, let me, I got my own life here. Mm-hmm. Leave me alone and get your own life. Get out of my room. Gosh. <laughs> I just wanted to reference extremely goofy movie again. <laughs> so uh, we get to see some old initiation photos, including the one their parents are in. And 
people's heads are cut out of the photos. And those people who don't finish the initiation, uh, the initiation hazing rituals, the people who backed out of something, get their heads cut out of the photo. Worth it. Yeah, it's not like you get kicked out of the school. Well, the best part is, like, you're anonymous. They cut your head right out of the picture. <laughs> oh, no, you got me. Now, notably, the parents did not get their heads cut out. They, they went through with the rituals, so. Mm-hmm. It says, yeah. Says a lot. Mom we'll, and we'll dad get... are cool. So the next day we do get to the initiation photo. And basically the the first week of college, rush week, they they basically, the rookies, they have to do what the upperclassmen tell them, no matter how humiliating it is, until they hear an air horn go off three times at the end of the week. This movie takes place for one goddamn week. One week. I didn't, I didn't realize that until the horn went off at the end. I'm like, oh, it's, it's only been a week? <laughs> Things escalated quickly. Yeah. So for the initiation photo, they're all lined up, and then they get blood dumped on them. Has nobody here seen Carrie? Jesus Christ. Don't dump blood on people. And then they have to do the classes like the rest of the day with blood on them. Like, this is gross. And the why can't they just go home and change? And the profs are just like, eh, well, you know. They went through it, too, I'm sure. Yeah, this is so ingrained in just the history of the school that it's just a well-known thing, and they're just all okay with it. This is toxic traditionalism. Would this be would this be a little rule number 36? Cults? Cults are bad. You know what? A little bit, yeah. <laughs> I, I was going to say the same thing if you didn't. Yeah, I think so. Fuck all of this. Like, like if it was just upperclassmen to just, like, the, the rookies, that's one thing. But, you know, parents know about it. Professors know about it. Like, it is, this is just so built into it. The lady at the hospital, the nurse, yep. like, knows about all of it. It's, it's just built into them. And what's interesting, you know, if you don't go through with it, then you're kind of an outcast. Well, this is just setting some people up for failure right at the beginning. And, like, that's fucked up. That's not what the point of college is. So, yeah, this is all my stuff. But again, kind of metaphorical. Do what we do, or we will exile you. Yep. What, what could they possibly be referring to? I'll let the listener provide their own insights. You know, if you don't want to get into, like, the alcohol drinking culture, oh, no, you're an outcast. You know, that's kind of what you it could be. There's lots of things it could be. This movie's very smart. Hmm. Uh, but blood gets dumped on them, and then they have to eat a piece of rabbit kidney. Uh, and if you don't, you're an outcast. And Justine, she's a vegetarian. She doesn't want to do it. So uh, Alex has to come over and be like... I did it. You can do it. And to prove a point, Alex does it again, even though she doesn't have to. So Justine reluctantly does eat the kidney. <laughs> Thad, why are you racing? Wouldn't miss it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. It's the same thing. It's the same thing. <laughs> what? What? Uh, this is Blue Mountain State, that right? That is yeah. episode one of Blue Mountain State. What's the race? Uh, they stick Oreo an cookie. Oreo between their... Uh, they stick an Oreo between their ass cheeks, and they have to do a 100-yard dash on the football field. And the last person who gets last has to eat the cookie and, and it was a hazing thing okay yeah. and, and thad wanted to do it yeah that, anyway. a team a team captain yeah team captain it's just a bonding experience he's like wouldn't miss it wouldn't miss it <laughs> <laughs> oh thad you know what that should have been in this movie <laughs> that would have made the movie better then who'd make every movie better? That's pretty much true. That could have been the roommate. <laughs> You're oh. eating my ear. I've always wanted to try my ear. Adrian, uh, the roommate, is going to try and cheat off Justine in class. And she's not really going to let him. But I think he did get some answers. Before. Must have. Must have, because that's going to come up again briefly later. Justine is going to develop a rash from probably the rabbit kidney. Uh, has a bad reaction to it. And so she's going to spend about... 20 minutes scratching the movie in bed here. That's an exaggeration, but I'm sure that's what it felt like to Derek. Yeah, and uh, this is a proper wound management. Look, you stupid bastard, you've got no arms left. Yes, I have. Look, just a flesh wound. Anyone who's ever gotten a tattoo, which oddly enough, I have no tattoos, but if you get a tattoo, you don't scratch it. You slap it. 
you slap it. You, you you don't scratch the rash. I couldn't. I could not stand this. Rule forty six proper wound management. Go to the clinic if there there's one on campus. Uh, maybe it's not open at night, but it's a hospital. It should be open at night. Just go. One time, uh, Josh, this is when you and I were living together. I get back from a trip and I got pretty badly sunburned. No, oh, I remember that. Yeah, shed like crazy. But like the day after I got back, I was going to bed and and you know, I was working nights at the time, so I was in the middle of the day. And then I got hit by like that devil's itch. It's called where it just. It, it, it burns and it's just so bad. And I'm like, this is how people go insane. Like, th- that's how bad this was. So I'm tired as hell. I want to go to bed, but I'm like, I can't do this. I, I literally get up, drive to Target, uh, try not to itch and go buy some cream. Was there a market nearby? You could go buy some like itch cream or, or skin relief, like anything. Don't just sit here in bed and scratch it. Well, and she does exactly what like she needed to do next. And she goes to the nurse's office and gets that cream. During the day. Yeah. But yeah, she does go and gets that cream. Guys, I just thought of the worst thing ever. Uh, like, body horror ASMR. Oh. And it would be just the scratching the, rashes. Heard. Yeah. Worst Ugh. podcast ever. <laughs> Almost worse than this one. <laughs> one thing she, that to note is uh, she does mention, she's like, man, I'm, all, I'm always hungry to the nurse. And then they, it doesn't get brought up. Or maybe she's a doctor. I don't know. But she's like, I'm always hungry. Feels like my stomach's empty. Hmm. Hmm. Why did this just change? That doesn't make sense. Interesting. Reminds me of that Always Sunny episode. <laughs> my meat. You ate my meat. Human meat. <laughs> I can't remember what episode that is. Uh, God, no, it's Dennis it. and Mac. I think it's Dennis and Mac, like Manhunters. I think that's the name of the episode because Dennis and Mac have their they're hunting cricket, and then a Charlie and mm. D are stealing uh, Frank's meat. And so Frank tricks <laughs> him into eating human meat. <laughs> Glad you had a good time eating Thank you. human meat. <laughs> and then they get the hunger. Uh, that's that's my favorite episode of Always Sunny. I, I love Always Sunny. So Justine goes to hang out with Alex, and she's still kind of pissy about the rabbit. She's been like a really annoying younger sister. She starts fixing Alex's homework. Like, you made a couple of mistakes here. It's like, get the fuck out of my room. Get out. Take my clothes and leave. Yeah, because she's there to borrow like a nice dress or something. Yeah, she has to she has to look quote unquote hot for a rush week. And yeah. she doesn't own anything that's like sequined or bedazzled. Yeah, yeah, she has to wear nightclub clothing, and if she doesn't she has to wear a diaper. Which yeah. She does earlier, so she wants to like not have to do that. Uh so she does borrow a dress and heels, but uh Alex just kicks her out of the room because she's being annoying. Fair. <laughs> and then she finally gets her mattress back. Get a whole scene of her dragging the mattress up the stairs. Why did you wait this long? <laughs> and it was not long and drawn out at all. I, don't know, I thought it was funny. I thought this was fine. This one was fine. She's going to get back to the room, and Adrian is there getting a blowjob right in the middle of the room. And originally I was like, bro, you got your own room. And then I realized, no, he doesn't. Because uh, you, you walk in, and it's like a kitchen living room area, but that's Adrian's room. And then there's a door to the other bedroom. That's Justine's room. So Adrian doesn't really have his own room. Honestly, he doesn't. He doesn't have his own room, but he's in the doorway, standing up. Yeah, you could be in bed, dude. Yeah, put a sock on the handle like every yeah. other college student. Like, be, come on, be a good roommate. I get you're mad that uh, Justine wouldn't let you cheat, but come on. Also, maybe he's just an exhibitionist. That'd maybe be, that'd be like the least of the uh, the the kinks in this movie. Uh huh. So cafeteria. Justine is going through the buffet line and she steals a hamburger patty and puts it in her pocket. <laughs> And immediately gets caught. Uh, the cashier's like, "What do you got in your pocket?" <laughs> it's like bleeding through her lab coat. Oh, come on, what? Why not just put this on your plate? Because she doesn't want the shame. Because she's a vegetarian. So there was like there was guilt there. Yep. I, but yeah, 
just buy the patty. Like you're at college, you can. How be many a new... people know you're a vegetarian? Yeah, you can be a new person. Literally, nobody would have noticed or cared or cared. Yeah, let's say uh, Alex came down and saw Justine eating a burger. She wouldn't give a fuck. She had, you know, Alex has got other stuff going on. And when for the younger audience, the younger listeners out there, if you have an opportunity to start fresh like this, do you know how many people uh, and and two of the three of us here worked in housing? So many people would come to college their first year and they genuinely wanted to try out a new name, like a new nickname that they'd never tried out before. What a perfect time to do that. If you want to eat a hamburger... Eat a hamburger, assuming you're not deadly allergic, right? Yep. If it's just something that you weren't allowed to do at home, you can do that. If you want to go by a different name, you can do that. If there was something you weren't allowed to eat because of religion, you can try something new. You, you can reinvent yourself and be who you want to be in college. It's the beautiful thing about it. And uh, yeah, Justine can do that here, but she's, the shame and the guilt gets her. It's, it's tragic in a way. You, you got to shake that guilt. You got to yep. shake that trauma. But again, we're in the first week, so I'll cut her a little bit of slack. <laughs> oh yeah, honestly, this is this is glorious, like glorious pace. This is great. So Justine wants to eat some meat, but she's so embarrassed. She and Adrian get on a bus and go to a gas station out of town so she, they can get some shawarma, and Justine can eat it without like the fear of judgment at all. Tony Stark was there eating his shawarma. Yeah, yeah <laughs> the Avengers were there eating some shawarma, um, and uh, Justine gets to ravenously eat some shawarma. She goes to town on. This. Honestly, it looks delicious. It does. It's probably the best thing she's ever eaten. <laughs> and, and by the way, a uh, small moment, a random trucker walks up and starts giving Adrian an ear massage. Well, to be fair, Adrian was talking shit about the truckers because he's like, they're all drunk. They're all booze hounds. They, they probably swap out their booze like cyclists or their blood like cyclists do. And one of the truckers overhears them and then like starts harassing him in like a threatening manner. Like, yeah, I, I, you guys are the vet school, huh? I, I got my brought my pig there once because he got the flu. Oh, you have a pig? Yeah, I used it to swab my my booze blood. Like, ooh. See, I, I I understood that, but still, he put his hand on him, and he's, like, giving him an ear massage. I'm just saying, like, lightly rule one here, and also, like, for Adrian, be careful what you say and how you say yeah, it, because yeah. this could have caused a problem. This could have definitely caused a problem. And this is the least, like, threatening threat that I've ever seen. Like, <laughs> the, ear, the ear caress, like, I don't and know. his tone, like, nothing was, nothing really seemed... I don't know, threatening to me. I don't know. If a guy came up and started putting his finger in my ear, I'd feel kind of threatened. What? <laughs> threatened in a different way, though. Honestly, just punch me. <laughs> just punch like, me. I, I, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't really feel like it's a threat to be like, are you trying to, like, trying to seduce me or something? That's what I thought was going on. I was like, okay, Adrian's gay. He's hanging out at the truck stop. Like, does this guy know him? Like, I, I was like, it's probably not that deep. But like, seriously, stop. Don't stop. Just stop it. Everything. Stop this. But on their way out there on the bus, they do see a car crash. Probably Alex again. So that's two. That's two car crashes caused by Alex so far. In the same spot. We think it's the same spot. It was the same row of trees on the same road. It could look like it could be a similar road, not the same one. But the point is, and and Alex is basically causing these car crashes and then taking bites out of people. Do the police know there's a cannibal taking bites out of people? Um, And this is public information. If they if they do know, I would imagine that they have to. I don't know how you know how good the French police are. <laughs> like, is everyone just so lackadaisical about just whatever people want to do that they're not going to pay that much attention to it, or are they going to think that the accident was just that bad mm-hmm. that it doesn't look like a, a, a bite? You, mm-hmm. you, you know, Ryan, we just got off of a podcast not too long ago all about planes, and we can't talk about what pilots are doing wrong. Now, I feel like I'm going to take a textbook like I don't need to be a helicopter pilot to know that they shouldn't be parked in a tree. Right. 
if you're some person, some medical professional doing an autopsy and you're like, huh, that person has a bite mark in their brain. Like that's, that's the, gotta be the equivalent of the helicopter in the tree. Right? Yep. So uh, for them, uh, do your damn job. That's rule number three for all of the uh, the autopsy performers. And for all we know, they, they are. We don't for, know that they're not. True. We're, um, we're very isolated. That's not what the movie's about. True. So I'm hoping and guessing that the, the police figured out, like, yeah, there's a cannibal on the loose causing car cracks and eating people. Do they release that information, though? Does the public know about this? We don't know. You know, maybe it's the kind of thing where they're, they're keeping that part of the investigation secret while they do some more investigating because that's a thing well and and for all we know this is you know car two of two yep or this could be car 50 yeah we don't know we have no idea how many times this has happened yeah after two though they have to put a camera up on these roads right right (laughs) traffic cams so adrian catches justine in the fridge in the middle of the night one night she's like i'm just getting milk for my cereal and he's like Okay, and then he goes back to bed. She's eating raw meat out of the fridge. Not just raw meat, raw chicken. Yeah, just eating raw chicken. Yeah, well, you know, that's a salmonella on overdrive. Uh, and as someone, I haven't had salmonella, but I did have really, really bad food poisoning one time. I think I would rather be dead than, like, deal with food poisoning. I got food poisoning on my birthday two years ago. That was fun. Good yeah. times. Yeah. I, I I undercooked chicken one time and I never will again. <laughs> you, you learned, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, this is uh, getting problematic there, Justine. Uh, maybe see a shrink. Yeah, I, I'm not sure what rule this would be, but um, almost like learn from past events. Not quite. Like this is the first big red flag, but the second that you find yourself wanting raw meat, yeah, like raw if, chicken. If you're having those kind of cravings, therapy is good. Everyone should be in therapy. Maybe see a doctor first yeah. and then have them refer you to a shrink for, you know, insurance purposes. Yes, yes, of course. Um, Justine gets in a, a, hauled into the, the professor's office and is, like, being accused of cheating. And she blames Adrian, basically. Uh, this doesn't go anywhere. Is it set up at all? It's just kind of talking about Adrian and Justine's positions in the school. But it doesn't really matter to the plot. So this is something I've always wondered about. Like, what, what, what is this here for? So I thought about this after the movie. I think I can help you out. Okay, I think me. the point is the professor applied a little bit of pressure and she sold Adrian out. Mm. Her sister was literally killing people and she didn't sell her out mm. until it got really bad. So I think it's supposed to mm. illustrate her loyalty to her sure. sister. Okay. Okay. That makes enough sense for me. Thank you, dear. You're welcome. Maybe, maybe I helped. This is... Intermediate horror right here. We got to figure some things out. Oh, yay. I was going to say, a lot of the educational just like side of things during this movie felt very unnecessary. Yep. So I guess I'm glad that you said that. And then we cut to Justine in the bathroom because during this whole conversation, she was chewing on her hair. Cut to her puking up her own hair in the bathroom. So she's just been eating her hair to cope with not having meat. And, and speaking of long, drawn-out scenes, yeah. holy crap, how much hair was she There's eating? There's a lot of There's hair. There's a lot of hair. Of all of the things that happened in this movie, I think this might have been my least favorite scene. Oh, the rash was my least favorite. I, I, the, the rash was bad, but this one was longer, and just, it took forever, and I uh, just, the, I could feel the hair in my mouth. Mm, and So, hair, rash? Yeah, and, and I wasn't overly bothered by the rash or anything like that, but if I had have to pick the two because mine hasn't happened yet <laughs> we'll get into that later yeah but yeah so she gets into the bathroom and then uh, there's a, just a random bystander who's just like you know if you use two fingers it'll help she's like oh she's being so supportive of 
<laughs> trying to puke up food, she thinks. Like, it's Which, just like, it's such a nice, sweet moment for something that's kind of fucked up. It's just this movie trying to keep you in a constant state of discomfort. I will say, we do get a payoff later for yeah, it. Yeah, yeah she, she tries. So Alex and Justine, they, they, they hang out and they're going to get drunk um, on the roof and try pissing standing up, which is hilarious. <laughs> the most necessary scene of all time. Yeah, right. It, it's just sisters bonding it, and it, hanging out. It, it just proves that like they are weird and they can be weird together. Yep. And it's okay. And it, they it, love it's, each other. It's, it establishes their character. Yep. And also the last time they hung out, the sister kicked her out of the room. Yeah, it wasn't good. Here's a positive time. Yes. One of the last ones. Yes. <laughs> so... Justine is going to stay over at uh, Alex's apartment. Justine goes snooping in uh, the medicine cabinet and finds the same skin cream that she got from the the doctor. So, hmm, maybe Alex got something similar. That's odd. I was trying to figure this out. Is the assumption that maybe Alex experimented with some cannibalism when she was, like, uh, a rookie around that time? And then maybe she was able to put that on pause for whatever reason, but then, you know, something like the the rabbit's kidney kind of triggered something and, and kicked that back into gear. Because why would she have this this ointment and have a rash again if she's kind of no, used to I, it? I think she, the same thing happened to her when she was a freshman, and she just still has the cream. Oh, okay. Because it, it was definitely more squished down. Like, it, it had... It, it had been a used. Lot of it, a lot of it had been used, but, like, not all of it. Maybe she just didn't need it anymore, mm. and, and she just still has it. And by the way, Josh, I had considered that, but... We saw the car crash at the beginning, which was before the oh, first yeah. or before the second rabbit's kidney or mm-hmm. whatever. Well, granted, sometimes movies are nonlinear, but this one seemed linear. Yeah, so we, have no nothing, reason, we have no reason to suspect it's nonlinear. Linear. Yes. Gotcha. So Alex starts getting very critical of Justine's uh, uh, grooming methods, like her eyebrows, uh, armpit hair. And other places. And other places. And Alex is like, by your age, I was giving myself a Brazilian. Uh so she is going to uh, give Justine a Brazilian, uh, get the pubic hair off with hot wax. Oh, boy. And also, I don't feel qualified to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Uh, uh, but now she's going to put start putting hot wax on, and it's very painful. Um, the wax gets stuck on Justine. So Alex is going to go get a pair of scissors. And in a moment of, I don't know, pain... Or something. Or panic. panic. I, I, yeah, it wasn't even pain. I think it was like panic and... Get the hot wax off of me. My sensitive area. She kicks Alex while she's holding a pair of scissors. And Alex accidentally severs one of her own fingers. Wow. Wow. Is that... Are those scissors made of adamantium? They look like sharp scissors. Regardless. Now, there's some sharp scissors out there that, and I that guess, could do this. I guess they are, like, vet students, so maybe they have, like, medical-grade scissors. Yeah. So Alex's ha- finger gets severed, and then she passes out because, you know, your finger got cut off. Yeah, fair. So uh, rule 10, honestly, for Alex here, don't panic. And uh, 45 for uh, Justine, proper wound management. Yep, she's going to call 911 or whatever the French equivalent is, and they're like, yeah, we'll be there in 15 minutes. Bruh, like... There's a hospital attached to the vet school. What's going to take you so long? And then, like, just put it on ice and we'll be there. Pressure on the wound. All that stuff. Justine's going to do exactly none of that. Well, she's, she looks for ice. She looks for ice. And there's no ice to be found. Now, should she try harder? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> try next door. See somebody else's ice. Um, No. Instead, she's going to eat Alex's finger. Holy fuck. <laughs> Slowly. <laughs> Holy shit. This movie goes 
all the way to 100. I don't know where it was at, but now it's at 100. And the music just... I, I love the music in this movie. I, I love the soundtrack, the score. And the music just ramps up. It just goes to extreme levels of awesome and sickness. This rules. But yeah, she eats the finger. Yep, starts with a couple of drops of blood. Moves on just to like the little, little end. And then almost like... Like, choose, like, the outer, like, if you're thinking of, like, a ring of sausage, like, choose the casing. Yeah. <laughs> Finger looking good, as somebody said. And then I, I, I laugh so hard every time. Alex wakes up, sits up, and just looks over and sees Justine eating her finger. <laughs> Keep in mind, we don't know that she's a cannibal yeah, yet. Yeah, we don't yeah. know that So that's kind of a, a big reveal if you are watching the movie linearly the first time and not just listening to this podcast. It's so goddamn funny. <laughs> I was losing it. <laughs> it, it. It was kind of funny, but also infuriating. Like, why? <laughs> why are you doing this? There is no reason for you to be eating your sister's finger when you could, you know, be helping her get get her, save it and get reattached. The craving, man. But there was no the ice, so, like, the finger's just going to go to waste yeah, if she doesn't eat it. <laughs> it's going to spoil. If she's going to give up after the first try of trying to find ice, I don't want her as my veterinarian. <laughs> yeah, it's fair. Um, she's going to put so many dogs down. The the hunger man <laughs> does crazy things, too. So, we get to the hospital. Justine is there with her parents, and Alex gets wheeled out in a wheelchair. <laughs> just her face is so funny. This movie is, like, secretly hilarious, I think. It's funny if you're really into what's going on, but I, I wasn't into what's going on. I, so. I think I would laugh a lot more the second time. I probably would, too. So my, my senior thesis film in college was a uh, rom-com about two cannibals who fall in love. And I think some of the scenes are very similar in tone to my movie. Um, and I find this kind of stuff really funny. I'm so. still mad about the steak you threw away. Look, it was for the art. Like... We could have put a new trash bag in there, and then you could take the steak out and eat it out of the nice, clean trash bag. Yes, yeah, so my main character in the movie cooks a steak up, and it's not, it's bad because it's not human meat. Uh, so we throw it in the trash. We have a shout out to us throwing a steak in the trash, and Derek is mad about it. I will never forgive, and I will never forget. It was for the art. Sometimes it's just not worth it. <laughs> hey, man, I got an A, I think. <laughs> yeah, I think I got an A. So... Alex decides to cover for Justine, because Alex is a cannibal. We don't know that yet, though. And she blames the dog. The dog ate the finger. That's why they couldn't reattach the finger, because the dog ate it. dog's going to get put down because of this. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, as as the dad says, uh, I don't know the line. Yeah, it's basically, he's like, yeah, I mean, it's got a taste of human flesh. It's not safe. Once an animal gets a taste of human flesh, they're no longer safe. They can no longer be trusted. Yeah. Humans included. Humans included. They got the hunger. Which is a callback to earlier in the movie with uh, the, the talk about the monkeys at the table. Yep. Like, oh, is it the same thing with a monkey as with a person? Yep. Yes. This family yeah. treats all of them the same. Animals and humans are the same, according to this family. Intermediary horror. Uh, Yep. So, uh, yeah, they uh, the dog is going to end up getting put down in a couple scenes from now uh, because he gets blamed for eating the finger. LOL. Jesus Christ. Uh, yeah. And I'm saying LOL because it's a reference to a text in the movie. <laughs> yeah, Alex texts Justine to let her know, like, hey, the dog got put down. LOL. LOL. Dude, <laughs> what the fuck? Like, I feel like that's the equivalent of doing, like, the tongue sticking out face in, like, the mid-2000s with the T9 texting. Wow. Like, ah, well, you know, a dog got put down. To wow. Stick out tongue face. We have a moment out in the parking lot where... um Justine and her dad are just talking, and they end up smoking a cigarette together. And I'm like, "This is French." <laughs> He's like, "Do you smoke?" 
No. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is French. I mean, maybe the mom just likes her meat smoked. LOL. LOL. There's a there's an LOL for you. So Alex gets out of the hospital and she and Justine go back to campus. And Alex is going to take Justine on a little road trip. By that, I mean they walk to a road. Uh, and they hide in the bushes. And all of a sudden, Alex pops out of the bushes when a car comes by, crashes the car. Here's the reveal. Alex is the person who's been crashing these cars and is also a cannibal. She starts eating one of the people because she's like, well, Justine, you, you got the human flesh taste too. So uh, you're going to have to learn how to do this. Take a bite. <laughs> I did this for you. I did this for you. Justine, rule number one, your sister is a serial killer and a cannibal. Like you're a cannibal too, but like <laughs> you're not killing people. Yeah. And Alex is killing people. Alex is the killer of the movie. Justine, you were in a horror movie. And I think it's safe to assume that, you know, Justine probably would get to this point, too. I'm just going to go ahead and guess that that Alex had a similar discovery, a similar journey her, her rookie year. And now fast forward two or three years later, and it's just progressing further and further into being a serial killer. Mm-hmm. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if Justine, if we fast forward a few years, would have ended up in the same position. Could be. So, uh, yeah. Justine, you're in a horror movie. Your sister's a cannibal serial killer. And sadly, she doesn't even take a bite out of these two people what who just died. What a waste. I mean, the sister does. Oh, Justine yeah. doesn't. Justine does not. This, this is food waste. How dare they? So, in class, there's a moment where uh, Justine is, like, looking at Adrian, and she's like, I kind of want to bite him. That's when she definitely was, like, got the urge to like, take a bite. Well, that's not good. Maybe it's, go see a shrink. And just remember, this is actually how Robert Pattinson felt in Twilight. Or not Robert Pattinson, but, like, Edward Cullen. Like, every vampire movie ever, like, for the first time ever, I think I understood how they feel. Because they don't ever do it well enough in a vampire movie because it's not taking itself too seriously. I finally get it. Like, if you want to understand vampires better, maybe just watch this movie. I will say once Alex kind of exposed herself as a cannibal as well and jumped in front of the car... I, I had the same feeling. I'm like, this is like a vampire movie because, like, she's showing her how to be a cannibal, mm-hmm. just like someone would show, you know, a new vampire how to feed. It, yep. I'm like, this is the same thing. <laughs> For one small moment, I actually thought because this is an RT Farty movie, maybe this is where vampires came from. And, like, they are vampires, but, like, how vampires got their start. But it didn't go that direction. Nope. So, Adrian's out playing soccer shirtless, and Justine is checking him out. Looking at him like he's a piece of meat. Yes. Can we stop objectifying Adrian, please? Yes, exactly. Can't he just play a game of shirts versus skins without being ogled by the cannibals? <laughs> uh, and then Justine, later, Justine's going to wake up. She hears noises coming from the other room, and Adrian and Alex is over, and they're just gaming. They're hanging out, playing video games. And Justine gets a little jealous. She's like, you stay away from him. And she's like, he's gay. What do you mean? <laughs> and what's the problem? Then we get a scene, probably the most bizarre scene in the movie. Uh, Justine's going through withdrawal symptoms because she stopped eating. And so she's in bed freaking out. And it it's filmed like someone is outside of her bed. She's hitting her or like a, a belt. Uh, but I think it's just a metaphor for like withdrawal. I think you're correct. It reminded me of Blair Witch with, when mm. the, the tent is getting punched yep. and everyone's inside. Mm. Yeah. Justine's going to go uh, walk around and shake this off, and she stumbles across a paint party happening in another room. She gets a bucket of blue paint dumped on her. She gets pushed into a bathroom with a guy who's all yellow, and they're like, you can't come out until you guys are green. Oh! Okay. See, there is a way to do this 
very innocently. Maybe we should explore that. It, like if you if you yeah. if you want the credit without doing any of the homework, there's an easy way to do this. Yeah, and and Justine is a virgin, so she you know obviously hesitant. Uh, yeah, you guys can just like just hug each other, or give each other a massage or something like that. Uh, this guy's just gonna go for it. I was gonna say this guy is not interested in just hugging. Yeah, not cool, man. Yeah, another tip for the youngsters. Uh, why don't you take another good long look at consent? Yep. And uh, don't ever do anything like this. Yeah, this isn't okay. She's gonna bite his lip and get a get a good chunk out of it, and uh, yummy. Well, and it wasn't even like a. I don't even think it was like a defense thing either. I think like she finally was like fine whatever take a bite which not good uh but <laughs> maybe she just got a, a a taste for some lip and that's all she wanted yeah uh adrian's there at this party so he sees this go down uh, which you can barely tell because he's painted too yeah he's painted blue or something i'm like i think that was adrian i'm not really yeah. sure though <laughs> so justine takes a shower to get it all off and we thought uh one of her teeth uh fell out and then she ate the tooth I looked on Wikipedia and that said there was a hunk of his lip that fell out of her mouth. It was stuck back there and fell out and she re-ate it. I'm not sure if that was a tooth or a hunk of cheek. I don't know. But either way, she eats some more It looked body. like a tooth to me. It looked like a tooth. Yeah, it looked like her tooth. It didn't seem like she had gotten even a real hunk out of the guy's lip, but maybe I'm wrong. So I don't know for sure, but either way, she eats it. Yes, she eats something. Adrian and uh, Justine, they're hanging out and Adrian is just like, what is your deal? What's wrong with you? Are you just into like S&M and stuff? Like what, what's up with you? And it makes me wonder, does Adrian know there's a cannibal car crash thing going around? If so, rule number one, it might be Justine. Maybe. Uh, I, I'm going to go and assume that that's not a thing. Yeah, we don't know that, but it's something to, to address. Justine's like, okay, I'm going to go to bed. And Adrian whoops out the gay porn and, he's, you know, goes start uh, enjoying himself. And then Justine comes back out and all of a sudden they're banging. Uh... What? <laughs> well, because he asked her before, like, oh, are you still turned on from whatever, their, their time in the yep. bathroom? And she said no, walks away, and then comes back and is like, okay, yeah. <laughs> so they're going to get it on, and the whole time Justine is just trying to bite him. And he's like, stop it. <laughs> and licking. A lot of licking. A lot of licking. <laughs> uh, and then uh, attempts at biting. And so finally, to get herself off, she has to bite herself and draws blood. Adrian... All of the red flags. Of every red flag ever. Maybe he's just that good, Ryan. <laughs> uh, no. If, 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 ultimate red flags. Girl is trying to bite you, like, without your consent, and then starts biting herself. Nope. 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 A million times no. That's a solid uh, n- no. No. Absolutely not. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> just Adrian, you might be in a horror movie. Really, what we're trying to say is n- don't get mixed up in cannibalism. None of us here are here to kink shame. Yeah, right. However, you can't be dealing with unwilling participants. Justine also needs to learn about consent. Yep. Here, it's a different kind, but it's in the same vein. Like, That's we, a conversation you need to have ahead of time. We need it can to be revoked. bodily autonomy at any time. Yep. You need to talk about biting ahead of time i think with that one especially when it's your gay roommate especially when it's your gay roommate um, hey they're in college he's allowed to he's allowed to experiment, experiment as well yeah <laughs> it, it, yeah because he's gonna get mad at her later they have a big public fight 
And uh, basically, he's like, you know, I spent years in the closet hiding, and I'm not going to just start fucking girls now. It could be a thing where he's actually bisexual, but with, like, a preference for men. And, you know, if he's come out as gay to everyone in his life, if he starts being with a woman now, it's just like, well, that was a waste. Um, <laughs> that's that's a thing that happens from time to time, I've heard. So, yeah, interesting. It's an interesting layer to a cannibal movie. Yep. So, yeah, that's... And people are like onions. You start peeling them back, and you find layers uh yeah so we're going to a party and we're gonna get miley's favorite scene in the movie mm, because i don't like it for whatever goddamn reason these two background <laughs> extras one of them uh and no they're foreground extras actually yes the girl she's licking the guy's eyeball and i don't know why no I, reason I've heard this is the thing it's got to be a drug thing right <laughs> and probably and it's this is the worst this is absolutely the worst thing in the movie i, I couldn't watch this this is your brain this is your brain on drugs <laughs> This is your eyeball. This is your eyeball on uh, drugs. This is your tongue on an eyeball. No, this is literally like the worst thing I've ever seen. And so unnecessary. I hate it. I hate it. But there, I, are, but I will say there were a lot of unnecessary things in this movie. Puke. I hate eyeballs, you guys. I hate it. You've never mentioned it on this podcast. Justine's here. She is drunk as fuck. Trying to make out with like everybody. Um, And she, Alex ends up finding her and takes her away to the morgue. And we cut away from it. What could have possibly happened in the morgue? Well, in the morgue, it's not like taking away to like a completely different area of the building. It is in the next room yep. over. Bet students are weird, man. <laughs> it has a name to go back to the eye thing. It's called Oculolinctus, and it is uh, for <laughs> erotic gratification. So there you go. I'm done talking about that. But it's, there's no purpose? For erotic gratification. Para, it's for the paraphilic practice of licking eyeballs for erotic gratification. So there you go. Ryan, I hope you never meet someone who's into that. <laughs> Every day we strive further from the Lord. <laughs> <laughs> there's a whole, there's a, a whole Wikipedia page dedicated to this. Oh, good. A, a Wikipedia page I won't visit. <laughs> there's a video. It's called Eyeball Licking. Please don't. <laughs> it's four and a half minutes long. Oh, my God. <laughs> Look, I'm not here to kink shame anybody, but... There's another one, the truth about eyeball licking craze in Japan. I'm sorry, Ryan. This, I, I just, you know. It is here, kind of fascinating. Here you go. Look, look, I'm not here to kink shame anyone, but, you know, some of y'all need to be, like, launched into the sun. <laughs> some of y'all need Jesus. <laughs> Leave some room for the Lord. Yeah, yeah. Keep, keep enough space for the Holy Spirit between all tongues and eyeballs. <laughs> Good God. That's a brand new sentence, I hope. <laughs> I hope. Oh, I hope. <laughs> Mr. Stark, I don't feel so good. <laughs> the worst. I feel like this might be like the most off script we've ever been on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know. We've been pretty off script yeah, before. Like, yeah, no, because this all happens in the movie. Whatever. But anyway, so at the morgue, we cut to black. And Josh is like, oh, no. Did they eat a body? That's not what happened. But the implication is they the ate a body. That's the implication. So. Next day, Justine wakes up in bed hungover. She's going to go to class. and Everybody's giving her weird looks and avoiding her. Um, Adrian's going to pull her aside and show her a video. Basically, uh, everyone at the party saw this. Justine uh, was way drunk. And Alex was like holding uh, the arm of a corpse in her face. Like, hey, you want to bite? Here you go. Just like kind of teasing her with it. Now, uh, Justine was so drunk, she was like trying to swipe at it, trying to bite it. And everyone saw it. And it's just like fuck's wrong with you almost like a zombie yep yeah. that's not good 
It's not good, but it's kind of odd that this is the first time that any of these people who go to the school have noticed something. Like, these are the least perceptive students of all time. It's been a week. (laughs) Okay, that's fair. (laughs) They're all sleep deprived. They don't have mattresses, remember. They got their own life going on. No one cares what you're up to. Until but you- all right, everyone's kind of living in their own world when yep. you're when you're starting college. Yeah. But and, and you know what? As hard as this is, maybe for Justine to come to terms with, literally everybody else at this college d- d- probably don't associate. There are nine billion other people on the planet that you can be friends with. Yeah. Just keep your head down, like the like the doctor said. Keep your head down and just get through the first week. <laughs> we we all met our fair share of um odd people yep. in college and some some you don't really realize right away. Sometimes it, it takes a little bit and you slowly uh realize that you don't need to hang out with them <laughs> or you end up doing a podcast about cannibalism with them years later. Yes. yes. There really is no in between. <laughs> but yeah, we have a rule. It's called be nice. So I think everyone still needs to be cordial, you know, be nice because, you know, you might be dealing with a cannibal. Yep. But you don't have to be friends. You don't have to invite her to parties. Yep. Maybe stop hazing her. Rule 62, be a nice person. No hazing. Everyone just leave each other alone. So, but Justine's pissed at Alex, rightfully so. And she goes and attacks her kind of in like the public square in front of everybody. And then we get a big fight. Alex is going to bite a chunk out of Justine's cheek. And the fight goes on, and they end up just biting each other's arms, and they're just, like, locked in combat, staring into each other's eyes, chomping and drawing blood on the other person, uh, with everyone watching them. Everyone, rule number one, stay away from these two. Mm -hmm. Especially if there's any word uh, about a possible cannibal uh, eating car crash victims. And even if there isn't, you know, maybe you're in a zombie movie, (laughs) and this is the start of, like, a zombie movie. Yeah, patient zero, patient one. Stay away from these people. We get a couple of the guys who break up the fight for a little bit. Uh, but once they get free, the guys who are trying to break it up, uh, all the background extras like back far away as far as they can in this this area away from Alex and Justine. And I'm like, good for you guys. <laughs> Rule 40, keep your distance. Uh, and Alex and Justine, they're going to help each other leave the area. It's like, maybe we should go. Don't talk to these people. They're insane. So they get back to Justine's room. They're going to treat each other's injuries. Proper wound management. Proper wound management. They are vets or pre-vets. And uh, Justine's going to leave Alex in in her room. And she goes back out towards the main area of Adrian's room. And for a moment, she considers locking Alex in. She doesn't end up doing it, but she thinks about it. Probably should have. And for multiple reasons. But, I mean, we'll focus on the one the movie's kind of leading us in the direction of. And that's how Rule 21 learned from past events. She killed before. She'll do it again. Yep. Rush week finally ends. We did it. We made it. Well, someone didn't. Justine is going to wake up in bed next to Adrian and slowly realize Adrian is dead. He's been stabbed in the back with a ski pole, which was set up earlier in the movie when all the upperclassmen broke into their apartment for the first time. He handed Justine a ski pole to use as a weapon. Rule 5, lock and load. He was stabbed to death at the same ski pole. And then his leg has been eaten. Chekhov's ski pole. Chekhov's ski pole. Justine at first assumes that she killed and ate Adrian, but then she finds Alex just sitting playing video games covered in blood. Alex can control her cravings and ate Adrian. Yeah, and Alex is in some weird state. Yeah, fugue state. Uh, Adrian, maybe change roommates. Once uh, Justine starts biting you, uh, maybe change roommates. Don't hang out with them. This is, you don't want any part of this. 
Yeah, there you can do this thing. It's called a uh, room change. Yeah, you, you can submit that order, and you know what? The housing office they're going to give you a little bit of gruff, especially during the first week. But then you say she tried to bite me. Yep, and they'll grant you the room change. Yep. I don't think Adrian realized he was in a horror movie. I think that I think it mainly a rule number one break for Adrian. It's probably the big one. There were red flags. He should have known, especially after uh, Justine bit her own wrist. Yep. Granted, he maybe didn't suspect Alex as much. Yep. Uh, but then again, he saw the video too. Uh, and Alex was also just playing with a dead body, which granted, I understand people in the medical world, they need to have a certain sense of humor. Yep. But I don't know if we're out playing with cadavers. Maybe. But he still went to bed with Justine again. Yes. Which, that, it bad. Doesn't, it doesn't make sense. So, Justine is going to clean Alex up, get the blood off her. You know, it's, in the end, this is a movie about, like, sisters, the bond of uh, sisterhood, and helps clean her up and get the blood off her and scrubs her down. Cut to prison. <laughs> Not sure what happened in between. <laughs> uh, Alex went to prison, and uh, Justine and her family visit Alex in prison. Uh, yep, fair. <laughs> And uh, so Justine goes home, uh, probably dropped out. At this point, you got to drop out. You got to go to a different college. You cannot come. You, no, you can't go back. I think you need to. You need to work on yourself a little bit. You, you can't work on that part of yourself until you work on this part of yourself. And back to mom being overbearing. She's like, "Finish eating your veggies. You can't leave the table till you finish eating your veggies." It's like, dang, what is she like ten? <laughs> yeah. But then mom leaves the room, and dad is finally going to reveal, like, "Hey, this isn't your fault. This isn't Alex's fault. It's our fault." It basically explains that, uh, you know, he didn't really get her mom until they had their first kiss. And he, the guy's got a scar on his lip. Uh, so he got a chunk ripped out of his lip, it seems. And basically, they, they couldn't really find a solution. So what they do to satiate the hunger the mother has. To curb the cravings. Curb the cravings. Uh, he, like, unbuttons his shirt. And he has hunks of flesh that have been, like, cut out of him. So the implication is, like, they... They cut pieces out of dad to feed mom. And that's how they cope with this situation. And basically the movie ends. He's like, I'm sure you'll find a better solution than this. The end. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, for the dad, maybe just cut ties. Yeah. <laughs> but here's the thing. We at no point get that he wasn't somewhat into it too. I almost felt the point was... He kind of dug getting eaten, and she dug eating him. So, like, there's someone out yeah, there for everybody. That's a thing. What's it called? Like, vor? I don't know. That's a thing. <laughs> I didn't know that, it was that a is thing. a thing. I mean, there's a whole episode of CSI about it. I'm like, what the fuck? Just Derek's reaction. Just, I don't know. Yep. I, I, remember, I, think, I think it was CSI. I met him at Criminal Minds. I was watching one day, and they had an episode about vor, which is, like, the fantasy of being eaten. And, like... What the fuck? And then I had to jump on a Wikipedia, and of course, it's a thing. Uh, That's the Wikipedia page that he's good with. Oh, yeah. I was like, Jesus Christ, people. <sighs> Whatever. Uh, that's raw. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what a film. What a film. I have no new rules. This is insane. I, I feel like there should be. I, I, have, I don't have one. Yeah. But I feel like this is such a different movie that it almost should maybe it would if there was more an emphasis on like the horror survival elements but that is like fourth priority in this movie yeah it is not important the horror stuff is almost incidental you know it's weird it's you you almost have to grade the movie retrospectively with some of our rules generically so for example uh there's a rule about uh follow the rules 
Mom had them be vegetarians for a reason. Had they followed the rules, maybe Alex doesn't end up in prison and, you know, uh, Justine doesn't have to drop out of vet school and, uh, you know, they don't ever get the hunger and they don't have to deal with any of that. So if they follow the rules, they're good. Uh, sorting out your priorities, again, for example, like maybe doing other things is more important than cannibalism. I think sort out your priorities is a big one for Adrian. Experimentation and self-discovery is great. You know what? Go get laid. You're in college. Awesome. But if she's biting her wrist to get herself off, like maybe sort out your priorities and not... She needs to sort out her priorities. Doesn't seem healthy. Not. Yeah. Yeah. I got none. <laughs> Let's get into the awards. First, we have the Random Meeks Merit Badge, which goes to the character did the best job at following the rules. There are certain rules that one must abide by in order to successfully survive a horror movie. Of course, based off Random Meeks from Scream, there's no really good options here, but I'm going to pitch one. Uh, all of the background extras who are at the fight between Alex and Justine, who are just like, nope, I want nothing to do with this, and just kind of back away and stay out of this movie. That's my pick. Unless you guys got a better option, I don't have anything. I don't really have one. If we do that, is there a way to exclude all the upperclassmen? Uh, you know, for being menaces? Yeah. So yeah. Because because technically, if they weren't menaces and forced them into hazing, none of this maybe would have true. happened. Because so, they wouldn't have eaten the rabbit kidney. Should we specify and say the rookie background extras at the fight scene? The rookie, the rookie students at the fight scene. I'm running through in my head to see if there's anybody specific. Hmm. Yep, I'm I'm good with it because immediately the 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 woman in the auditorium came to mind, the one who like got up and moved <laughs> the seat over. But that's also not being nice. But yep. I also don't blame her. So like I'm cool with just kind of blanketingly giving it to the rookies who just wash they wash their hands of that of that weirdness. Like, yep. You know, there's one in every class. <laughs> yep. They wash their hands of that rabbit kidney. Cool. So, yeah, we'll just give it to the rookie students who were at the fight. And just for keeping their distance. Which which is all rookies, isn't it? Um, I mean, there were lots of people there, but we're going to throw the upperclassmen into being menaces. So sure. we'll, we'll just give it to the rookies there, uh, even if the upperclassmen did keep their distance as well. And by the way, this is recognizing that everyone at this school is, to a certain extent, participating in cult-like activity. But mm -hmm. if they all break that rule, then it's kind of a wash. Yeah. Night of Living Pleb goes to the character who did the worst job at following the rules. Of course, based off Barbara from Night of Living Dead. They're coming to get you, Barbara. Stop it! You're ignorant! They're coming for you, Barbara. Uh, I think there's two big ones here. Because I, I don't want to count Alex uh, as an option. Because, you know, we typically don't count the killers unless we have a really good reason there. Or there isn't anybody else. So I want to take Alex off, off the board. I think that leaves Justine and Adrian as the two. I don't think you can give it to Adrian. Okay, you don't think Adrian? No. I, I, I think it just comes down to Justine needing to recognize warning signs. Like, the, and there is, really isn't a good rule for this about, like, like following the signs, because mm -hmm. that could mean whatever. But uh, it, essentially, know yourself and know what proper behavior of a human being is, and mm -hmm. it's not, you know, solely developing into a cannibal. Well, 45, follow the rules. Yeah. It will end... I think if we're taking like Adrian off the board, which I'm which I'm fine with, because like there was one big red flag, but it does look like this was more of a sneak attack. Yep. And it wasn't Justine that did it. Like literally got stabbed in the back. The other option is the mom and dad for not 
mm. for, for being helicopter parents and not explaining that this might be a thing. I totally understand the argument that like, hey, if it's not a problem, let's not make it a problem by bringing up the problem. Yeah. Uh, so I, I just wanted to throw that out there. But that said, I do think that Justine not being able to recognize right from wrong early enough to maybe turn her sister in. Like, I understand that's it's an artsy fartsy movie. And so like familial loyalty, like. Alex showed her loyalty by not turning her in about the finger, and so she didn't report her for a double homicide. It wasn't until she did it a second time, or I guess a third time, but a second instance, where she's like, ah, I've had enough of this. And I, it, I think it was, it wasn't that she had enough of it, it was like, there's no way to cover this up. Adrian is dead. Yeah. And he was stabbed in the back with a ski pole. I can't cover this up. All I can do is clean her up and still go visit her in prison. Uh, but yeah, I think the big one for Justine also is Rule 46, proper wound management, and that includes... Mm. Any sort of mental wounds. You need to take care of yourself. You need to take yourself to, to see a therapist. You need to get help when uh, there's something. If you develop the craving for human flesh, seek help. I think that's the big thing here. Didn't think I had to write that one down for you. Didn't think I had to write that one down for you. But uh, and uh, yeah, rule four, don't be a menace. Don't eat people. Uh, anyway. So Justine, not a living club? Yeah. yeah. She's a living club, though. Good for her. You know, she did follow one rule. Don't go to prison. Truth. Uh, she kept herself out of prison yep. by uh, turning on her sister the same way that she turned on Adrian. Again, I don't think she turned on her. I think it was just like, I can't cover this up. Yeah. But <laughs> she also participated in some of this. Like, so she's an accessory right. in parts of this story. But she didn't ex- uh, participate in Adrian's murder. Yeah. Um, And that's what got her. Oh, she didn't participate in that. And I don't think she turned her. And I think it was just like, what the hell else is going to supposed to happen here? Yeah. Did Justine do anything criminal? Uh, She witnessed... Uh, Alex murder those two guys. True. Which is like accessory. Yeah, maybe, maybe accessory. Grant, yeah. Granted, I don't know EU laws on this, but like the United yeah. States equivalent is probably accessory. Yeah. But um, she didn't actually like do the action of any sort of no. criminal activity. Unless like, there's an actual law against consuming human flesh, which so there might be. she ate her sister's actually, finger. There probably is a law. I think there is a law in a lot of places against cannibalism. And also, she did assault that one dude by biting his lip. Granted, yeah. Like that was. You know, True. a, a Self- pretty high stress situation. No, um, nothing, nothing severe enough to get you the same yeah. thing as what Alex is getting. Yeah, exactly. Like, like if you infringe upon my bodily autonomy, I'm going to infringe yep. upon yours. So, yeah, self defense would be the case there. Like, I bit his lip because he was getting handsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, definitely fair. She tried to bite Adrian. <laughs> I think that's about it. Oh, uh, you know what? Probably disrespecting a corpse or whatever it is. Uh, that was that, Alex. Uh, yeah, she didn't actually touch it. Yeah, yeah, I guess she that didn't we saw. Touch that we saw. So that would have been Alex. Fun times. Hmm. <laughs> what? A, what a movie! What a movie! All right, so we're done with Raw. This is a chef's choice. Um, that yeah, goes... you really took advantage of chef's choice. Yeah, I did. This is this is the kind of stuff I wanted to. Uh, no one was going to reserve Raw. No, <laughs> except m- maybe Jacob uh, or Kendall. Some of my film film friends who are love this kind of stuff like me. But yeah, you guys wouldn't have ever reserved this. No. Movie. I really wanted you guys to watch it. And what have you enjoyed having the podcast with them versus us for this type of movie? I really wanted you guys to watch it just because yeah. I wanted like I wanted you guys to experience this. Yeah. Just to be like, what the fuck? Ryan Ryan gets the same sick pleasure out of watching us watch a movie like this, like Alex would. Yes. Eating human flesh. <laughs> Are you calling me a cannibal? Uh, cannibal adjacent. <laughs> no, I, I do genuinely enjoy showing you guys some weird ass horror movie and just like watching your reactions. I think it's hilarious. And at this point in my life, the most important thing to me is watching a movie that I'm not going to forget. You won't forget this one. I will not forget this one, even if I kind of wish I could. <laughs> so, 
you guys, I, I wanted you guys both to be on this one. So this is where you guys reserve a movie. But I want to, I want to keep this going because this was fun. Uh, you two are gonna reserve a movie together. So you guys get to pick a movie, but you guys both have to be on that podcast when it comes up. What do you got? Uh, well, if if people have listened to the last couple of episodes that I'm on, I'm out of ideas <laughs> of movies that I I would like to at least request. They might come up from time to time, and then if if I think of anything good, then I'll request them. But uh, since I don't, Derek, you got any ideas? Well, one of my favorite rules to talk about is is rule 36, which is culture bad. I imagine that this is going to play some role into my proposition. I was thinking uh, Green Room. Green Room is a great movie. Uh, it's a gnarly movie. It's, uh, it's an unpleasant experience, but man, is it a great movie. Is it intermediate horror? No. I think it's just really hardcore. You'll completely understand what is happening. There's no question. This is very straightforward. Yeah, a Green Room is about a, a hard rock band who witnesses a, a murder at a club, uh, a club run by neo Nazis, and they uh, the neo Nazis are like, "Well, we can't have any witnesses." That's the movie. It is a tale of survival, uh, and it is hardcore. Uh, Patrick Stewart plays the leader of the neo Nazis, and it is a great movie. Uh, so, Green Room is a great choice. I'm excited to watch that one again. Yeah, it's not for the faint of heart, but it's uh, it is it is a great movie. Well, I feel like I roped you into this, Josh. I've never heard of it. I'm uh, in. <laughs> uh, highly recommend Green Room. Green Room will go into the waiting room. Very exciting. Okay, I think it's time for a wheel spin. Mm. So here's what's on the wheel today. Uh, so we have two Jordan Ryan movies that are on here: Carrie 2013 and The Hills of Eyes. Those have both been spun, um, and we will get to those as soon as we can, probably in January sometime. But we'll do a wheel spin anyway. Uh, just get something else spun. The other six movies we have on there are Anne and the Apocalypse, which is a Derek movie, The Shining miniseries Part 2, Insidious, Psycho 3, Scream Season 2, Episode 12, When a Stranger Calls, and Chef's Choice. Oh, that's another Chef's Choice. Jesus Christ. Hey. All right. So here's the plan. Um, we are recording this middle of December, December 12th. I think I'm only going to do one more this year. And I'm going to record one while I'm at home. And so that'll probably be either Insidious or Psycho 3 because my guests, uh, Nick and Nick, uh, they live down in the Twin Cities, which I will be. So I will, depending on who's available, that'll probably be the next episode you hear is either Insidious or Psycho 3 if uh, availability works. After that, we're going to get into January. Jordan Ryan's got two movies that have been spun that we need to do. So we'll probably do one of those if he's available. Uh, if not, we will do a chef's choice, and I think Jacob Coldness will be on the next one. I, I will tell you guys what the movie is off air, but those are the options coming up. Holiday season makes things a little tough. You're probably listening to this, and you, you will be listening to this in 2024, so you'll understand what happened in the past. <laughs> Happy um, New Year! Uh, but yeah, that is the plan right now. But So chef's choice has been spun again, but there are two movies in front of that in priority. If we can do that, we will. You're welcome. Jesus Christ. I, I Everyone's going to like this one. Uh, this is a uh, really fun pick. Uh, this is a crowd pleaser of a movie, unlike other movies I've picked in the past. <laughs> uh, guys, thanks for being on. Thanks for doing this with me. I was really looking forward to this one. It, you know what? Podcasting about it is always funny, and I feel better about the movie having talked about it, so it, it's, it's free therapy. Free therapy. Therapy I'm is good. I'm glad I made you happy. Thank you. I'm not changing my rating, though. Merry Christmas, Ryan. This is this is your guys' Christmas present to me. Or and, birthday, and present. birthday present. And birthday present. Yeah, I turned 30 in two days. Woo! You guys want to give out any social media? All I'll say, uh, Letterboxd is the least problematic social media. So that's E-R-E-K-K, but 
all other social media is the devil and everyone should get off it. And it's the worst thing to ever happen to humanity. Take a page out of uh, Ryan's dad's book and uh, just, you know, be kind to each other and uh, get off social media. That'll make it easier. Yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram and Letterboxd <laughs> at J Wessel. That's J W E H S E L E R. I agree with everything Derek said. Follow us on Twitter at How to Horror and check <laughs> us out on Letterboxd. Uh, yeah, uh, I'll be putting Raw on the various rankings on every movie we've ever covered, and then the, both the Derek and the Josh ranking list. It'll be near the top on all of them. We'll see if it dethrones anything. Anything else, guys? Nope. All right, this has been the How to Survive a Horror Movie Podcast. Stay safe out there. Uh, uh, uh.